Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is supported by Golden Artist Colors. Golden is an employee-owned company based in upstate New York, committed to making the highest quality artist materials. From their acrylic paints, Williamsburg oils, and core watercolors, Golden is making the best stuff out there for artists to make their best stuff. You can find them in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Dominique Fung is from Ottawa, Canada, and is currently based in Brooklyn, New York. She received a Bachelor's of Applied Arts from Sheridan College Institute of Technology in Oakville, Ontario. Her paintings have been exhibited at the Virginia Museum of Modern Art, the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., Nicodem Gallery in Los Angeles, Project Gallery in Toronto, Field Projects in New York City, and Crush Curatorial in New York City, to just name a few. She has a solo show up now at Ross Kramer Gallery until July 26th, and upcoming shows at Nicodem Los Angeles, a four-person show opening in September, and a solo at Tamor Graney Gallery in London in November. Dominique stopped over for a chat about why Canada's so great, early lessons in playing piano, identity in her artwork, Chopin and pop music in the studio, and much more. Here's our conversation. Staying close sounds good. So Toronto, what, I had good donuts. There was really good art. Yeah. I'm actually born in Ottawa, and then I moved to Toronto. So how, I was in Toronto for like eight years. How far is that? A four-hour, five-hour drive. Oh, that's far. Yeah. It's probably like an hour flight. I When I went to Canada, <laughs> I just I realized how little I know about the geography of Canada. Yeah, actually, I've met a lot of people here that have no idea where Toronto is. Well, that I well, actually, when, well, <laughs> when I when I visit LA, actually, when I tell people I'm from Ottawa or yeah. Toronto, they're like, I like my geography is really bad. Like, yeah. I have no idea where that is. I don't think we got a lot of Canadian geography yeah. in school because the U.S. Like, I've been to almost every state except right. Alaska, and I know the U.S. really well, and that makes it even more dramatic of how little I know about right. Canadian geography. I mean, same with us, though. I guess, like, the U.S. geography, I'm not really too sure. I just know, like, East Coast, West Coast. I was going to say, does it get fuzzy when you go out? In the middle is pretty fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just know, you know, Eastern Canada just from areas near the Great Lakes and, like, people traveling and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, Western, I know a little, too, because of hockey, because I grew up watching oh. the Penguins. and We went to the Hockey Hall of Fame, which was really right. cool sort of a sense I'm not really a sense fan but yeah. because I'm raised in Canada like you're forced to be I mean it's in the blood right yeah I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan sorry I can't. Ottawa <laughs> <laughs> yeah but not a maple leaf you didn't convert no you can't right yeah you can't really convert I converted from a uh well that's true I I was never really a Pittsburgh Pirates fan but yeah. I became a Yankee fan okay you can be like fans of both I guess. Right. Yeah. Which is also a little weird, I guess. I don't know. Did you ever ice skate as a kid? No, I didn't ice skate. Well, I did ice skate, but I'm not very good at it. I didn't really play winter sports. 
Yeah. Any sports? Uh, played basketball for a little bit. Um, soccer, not just was not coordinated. Yeah. Music. Music. I play piano. There you go. When did you start? Um, five or six. Really, really young. Did you um, like it? I hated it. Bad teacher? Absolutely hated it. My parents decided to put me into this. I don't know if you have it here. It's called like the Royal Conservatory of Music. I'm not sure if there is. Well, maybe it's, not royal. It's, but yeah, it's the conservatory. It's might, this repertoire right. essentially. So you, it's like level one, two, three, four, and up. Um, and I just felt like. I was memorizing these songs and just regurgitating it back to the teacher. Yeah. And then they would give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And then you would do a test. And if you pass the test, then you would go to like level two. And so that was my musical experience. And Pretty I remember dry. it was super dry. And I remember, um, I think like by the fifth, uh, the fifth book, I had asked my parents if they could buy me um, like a Lion King book so that I could play something music, like. something that's exciting. And they were like, no, you have to do the repertoire. And I think they eventually caved. They bought me um, like an Avril Lavigne book. Uh-huh. And, but it just, the chords are really weird and I ended up not ever playing it. So yeah. you fell into the gap between the boring classical. The boring and then not really being able to play like the fun stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, piano is hard for that, right? Yeah. And it just it's doesn't like sound, it's, it's more of like a guitar. Yeah. yeah. Book. Although there's, I mean, I guess the people who become great singer-songwriters on piano and singing, probably, they, they must have like a pretty solid academic basis and then they jump off from there, I guess. I mean, maybe that's what they were hoping, my parents. Or did they just want you to check the box of like, I think they, just they can play classical music. Checking the box, but also like maybe the, there's this prestige mm-hmm. to playing music. Um well, piano and classical is kind of high class. Yeah, I think like, that's what, what I mean, my parents are very, like, you know, middle class folks. And, what did they do? Um, my father's a civil engineer, mm-hmm. and then my mother uh, sort of did a lot of, like, a large array of jobs, but she was babysitting when we were younger, and then she worked for um, like a high-tech company, Nortel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, Nortel. Um, and then after the... Um, uh, where else? After we got a little bit older, then she worked at a grocery store. It was just like a bunch of different jobs. Um, did um, did the civil engineering job take you from to Toronto? Is that why you moved? They no. So they actually they went to university in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. That's where they met, um, and then they actually after that they flew to Africa. Um, sure. to work at a, yeah, to, to work at a terracotta factory. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know how long they were there for, but then they decided that they wanted children and I, they flew back to Ottawa to have me cause they knew that they wanted to be Canadian or for me to be Canadian. Not um, Zimbabwean or not, uh, where were we, they? they were in, um, Nairobi in Kano. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then from uh, Ottawa, we actually flew back. So I lived in Cano for uh, maybe half a year or something like that before they decided to fully relocate to Ottawa. Wow. Do you yeah. remember that? 
not I just I have this faint memory of me playing in the sand with this red truck um, and going like moving my arms up and down um, but I I just remember arms that's it isn't it funny yeah like how memories it's like collaged until a certain point and then it just gels yeah and then at a certain point you lose <laughs> yeah and my parents are like you don't remember that like that's you saw a picture and that's right. how that's why you remember it and I'm like I it seems pretty real in my brain yeah if it's with that burned into it yeah you would think I really remember just limbs because I guess you're so small that you can't see anything else right and then the truck like my hand and the truck moving that's really like a dream isn't it because when you dream you usually no don't, don't see the whole it's picture. very very hazy yeah you yeah. get parts yeah it's weird. It's like that with video games too. When I see my son playing like video games where you're walking around and, and you can't see, right? You, can't you just ever, see the, there's no peripheral. I hate that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I like the 360 kind yeah. of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what's behind me yeah. in a given moment. Yeah, it's just, you just see it from this one angle, and that's it. Well, when did the memories start to gel? Back in Canada? Yeah, probably a little bit later when I started thinking back to it but what did you have brother or sister and one sister uh, two years younger than me also in the arts yeah she makes toys really yeah is she still in canada she's in toronto yeah she works for a toy company like i said why move place is great yeah, yeah it's pretty good well you had well, yeah new york aspirations yeah i mean i think the art scene here is it's just so big yeah and i had no idea I just I don't know, sort of took a leap of faith and came here and just the amount of artists that I've met and the galleries and the shows. I always forget that I'm here, actually, so sometimes I'll, I'll see something cool. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, the Hockney show was up, uh, was it last year? Yeah. I remember being, wow, I want to see those paintings. And then being like, oh, that's I was here. Away. Yeah, oh, I should just go. <laughs> I do that all the yeah. time. I mean, that's the thing about New York. There's so much going on that it. Yeah. you almost don't have to go see things because you're like, oh, well. I've, I, I've missed so many shows because of that. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll do it next week. Right. And when I, I don't often do it these days, but when I look at music venues and see who's playing, it's like at any given week, there's like one or two people that I'd love to see. Yeah. But I just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about New York too, is you're usually you're working so hard to just tread water to keep your head afloat that you can't take advantage of, you know, and then you see tourists doing it. You're like, yeah. oh, it must be nice to like, you know, Tuesday afternoon to yeah. go to the Met all day and just hang out. I actually do way more. I see way more when I have friends come in from Toronto than I do the touristy thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when my brother comes into town, I do like all these things that I feel like I only ever do when he comes into town because we go to all the museums, you know, yeah. and just check everything out. Is your brother in Pittsburgh as well? No, he curates it. To, he's the uh, design curator at the Denver Art Museum. Oh, okay. So he comes for work a lot, but, right. you know, I'm just not going to, you know, the Museum of Art and Design often yeah. unless he's in town or, you know, yeah. or the fairs. There's so many fairs. Yeah. The first year I was here, I went to all of it. Checked Got off completely everything. burnt out afterwards. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to look at art ever again. It's like I'm going good. to a giant mall. <laughs> yeah. Over and over. <laughs> yeah. This year I didn't, I didn't even go, I didn't go to Freeze. I think I didn't go to the Armory. I went to Independent, and that was it, I think. I can't even keep track of all the fairs. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. There's just probably one now going on. No, there, no. <laughs> I don't think so. 
the Bed-Stuy Art Fair. Oh, is there actually? No, I'm just saying. Oh. No, you know what there is on Governor's Island? I think there's um, Nada, I want to say. Yeah. It's happening right now. Oh, right now? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's go back. So when you're back in Canada, moved back from Africa, Yeah. other than music, was creativity something that was encouraged in the household yeah so engineering no so piano was like the focus and I loved I've always loved to draw and paint and so my parents enrolled me into um these like little craft sort of classes Mm -hmm. and then from there they were like oh she seems like she really likes um doing this so we're gonna put her into like a, a more serious I guess art class um but it was never it was never that she was going to pursue art it was more like she likes to do this thing on the side hobby, yeah. it's a hobby but like piano is like her ticket oh really they were i think so i was but i was like not a good pianist yeah yeah i remember i would have one hand playing um, cuz you would practice um, you know, treble clef and then bass clef and you practice separately before you put both hands together. Um, And I would always just play with one hand and I would be either reading a book or I'd be sketching (laughs) with my other hand. And my mom would yell from the kitchen, like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you put both hands together? I'm like, oh, you have to practice it separately. She's like, it's been weeks you've been practicing separately. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're multitasking. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, doodling and, you know. (laughs) It is funny, though, because... Um, let's say classical pianist, even I would imagine is just as hard to be to sustain that as a career as an artist, right? Yeah. But there's so much more like, oh, my my daughter's a classical pianist. Yeah. My daughter's an artist. I think it's a class. It's a class yeah. thing for sure. Or perhaps it's just really hard to understand how you would become an artist. No one. From like, like a regular person, like a, you know. My parents' perspective. Yeah. Like, like how, do, how do you make money? I don't, I don't understand. I think even, well, maybe not. I was going to say even parents who are artists would say to their kids, it's a tough racket. Right. Even if they get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, but, I'm all about pursuing the arts, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. It's, I always say, or think with my son, like, he's really into music, is that, you know, do what makes you happy. Yeah. Like, even if it's hard, at least you're, it's hard and you're doing something you love to do. Yeah. You know? working in a moving company is hard and there's no real bonus to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and super labor intensive. Yeah. Like and your just, body. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, and there's no guaranteed profession. I don't think, I think parents often think that, well, if you're a nurse, I mean, yes, you're probably going to yeah. have a better opportunity, I guess, yeah. but still you could still, you lose your job. That's true. Yeah. So, well, they encouraged a creative atmosphere, even if they weren't yeah. mapping out. I think so. You. Yeah. So when you were in high school, did you continue with it? I played piano until I think grade ten, and then I I decided I went to an arts um, an arts high school. How was that? Amazing. Really? Yeah, it was a fine arts high school. We had all the facilities, so there was like a full ceramic studio, um, a printmaking studio, um, traditional photography studio. There was a uh, like one of the first like tech lab studios where. You know, they taught you Illustrator. Um, Man, that sounds great. Yeah, it was really, really amazing. And then within that, you could mingle with, uh, like, theater students, drama students. 
literary students, um, dance students, and the music students. And so every year we would put on these, um, what are those called? Like talent shows. Talent shows, yeah. yeah. And it was like a Broadway production every single year at the end of the year. It was like fame. Yeah. Like everyone's. Except for the arts, like the, the visual arts students were like, we can't perform. <laughs> But we'll paint some backdrops, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Contribute that way. Yeah. Paint some giant curtains. Yeah. They didn't let you have like an onstage art show. Oh, they gave us like the front of the school where you could have the artwork. Mm-hmm. But half the people didn't, I don't know, people didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. It's tough. It, like performing arts is so immediate. Yeah. And so people were excited to watch, you know, the, the music and the bands and, um, and the art would just be where you would hang out to chat with other people, but I don't think people were actually looking at the art. Yeah, that sounds boring. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the people dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but did you enjoy it? It sounds like a good I community. Loved it. So did that... That was sort of my first taste with yeah. uh, painting. We had like a painting studio um, in the school, and I remember just staying at the school really late, painting and... Um, I would go home and then we would have um, the basement area. My mm-hmm. parents let me use it as like a, a studio, I guess. And then I'd be um, painting this like seven foot. I remember I painted a seven foot dragon um, on the floor of the basement. My parents were always like, what is she doing down there? Like she should be playing piano. Wait, on like unstretched canvas? On like a mason board, like oh, gessoed yeah. mason board. Yeah. That's cool. But they, I don't know. What else is nice for them to let you do that? Yeah. You seem to encourage it. Yeah. And I guess because you're going to an arts high I'm school. I'm going to arts, yeah. It seems apropos. Yeah. So did that necessitate art school? Did you think, well, I got to do this? Well, so in high school, I was still um, really focused on academics. Um, so they still had trigonometry, calculus. Yeah. And then my parents, my parents like wanted me to do the Asian six pack, which is like the... Uh, you know, calculus, like all the maths, the sciences. Right. Um, and they're like, you have to do all of those because to leave your options open for when you apply for university. Um, I failed physics. I think I was failing and I was like, oh, I got to drop it before it actually shows up on my transcript. Mm-hmm. And chemistry, I think I just, just, so I realized quickly, I'm like, okay, I'm, I obviously don't have an interest in any of these you were really, field. it's left brain, right? Very, very left brain. Um, and so I was still in, I was like, well, my dad's a civil engineer. I should do something in that realm. Um, and so I decided, I was like, maybe architecture. And so I proposed that to my parents. I was like, what do you think about architecture? And my dad was like, absolutely not. Oh, because he knows the Because he knows. He was like, deal. it's so hard. You do not be an architect. It's the same thing, like, if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to be able to build these beautiful buildings that you want to build, yeah. right? I think he was he was doing mostly, like, staircases and bridges, I believe. Um, but it was just, like, it was a job for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it's a good equation across the board. If you're not passionate about it, like, if you want to be a painter, I always tell students who, you know, you'll get students who are kind of like, eh. Yeah, don't do it. 
I, I yeah. kind of like it. You can tell they're just like, oh, I'm just kind of doing this because math sucks or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, there's people out there who want this like 150, 200 percent. Yeah. And like, how are you going to crack it if you're like 40? If you're, eh. yeah, meh. Eh. Like, I could go to the studio today, but Netflix. No, yeah, it's <laughs> way less romantic than everybody thinks. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like it's a daily practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the other the other sides of it aren't that romantic either. No, it's a it's a schlog. Wait but a the second. idea, none of it is romantic. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's why, like, if being in the studio better be great because that's yeah. really ninety. That's the only time that it's amazing. It, you yeah. know, yeah. You have an if you're lucky, you have an opening once in a while, and you talk to some friends about art. But basically, you're in the cave. Yeah, just making it by yourself. But it sounded like you were you were prepping for that in the basement. Yeah. I mean, that was hours. like my first time really getting in the zone of, yeah. of painting. And I was like, well, I really like just being by myself. That's early, though. That's good. Yeah. But you're not an only child. so No. Uh, yeah. Where was my sister? <laughs> <laughs> I think not in her in bedroom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not in the basement. But a lot of only... I feel like a lot of kids who are only children, like they... Or okay, just spending hours by themselves, you know. Yeah. But maybe. Well, we would both. We would have like drawing days. Maybe we'd both be drawing, but separately. Yeah. Or I'd be getting her to do. I used to love doing these, like um, to impress the teacher. I would do these cover pages, mm-hmm. these beautifully colored and drawn cover pages, and I would get my sister to do it. Oh, nice. For me, yeah. yeah. Assistant. Assistant. Yeah. <laughs> Was she a good drawer? She's so sweet. Um, yeah, she's a t- very talented artist. Yeah. yeah. Were, you, uh, were you technically proficient or were you just motivated? Or both? I think... Like, were you a drawing prodigy? No, so I think I started off... There was this girl in the class that was really, really good. And mm-hmm. I remember finally getting the courage to like go up to her and ask if she could draw me a drawing. Oh, really? This is pretty young. Yeah. It's seared into my memory because she rejected me. Oh, She's really? like, no, no, I'm not drawing you a drawing. I was like, oh, oh my. okay. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I guess I should just learn how to draw better than her so that I can draw my own drawing. Yeah. That was like my first memory of drawing, I guess. And motivation. And motivation. <laughs> so it's a little bit of both. And I don't think I was super talented, but I think I just had the drive to get better yeah yeah that's it though isn't it yeah i feel like you need the drive yeah talent is just something i mean i say this as a very untalented person yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's the bias going into this yeah but talent is just given to you yeah you don't earn it but you earn like the work that you put in you know what i mean i don't even know if talent really is a thing that's true it's subjective well, here, I always use, because I coach soccer and I play soccer, I always use that as an analogy. You know, you'll get the younger kids who are just really good, like they're just naturally skilled, but they don't try. They're just, they won't bust it on mm. the field. And then you get another player who's not quite as gifted with the touch and, you know, his physical attributes, but they just work their butt off. And I'll take the kid who works his butt off, you know, because yeah. that's something that's not given to you. It's just, you, I think I'm that. Yeah. I think I'm that too, hopefully. Yeah. And then it helped to go to like an arts uh, high school. So I think just everybody around you 
at such a young age, everybody's so talented. And it's a, you have to apply with a portfolio to get in. Um, and just to be in that sort of environment, um, you know, from, I forget, like 13 yeah. and up. Yeah. That's so early. Mm-hmm. You really started from the ground up. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea I was going to actually pursue art. It was more of, it was a really good school in general, even for the academics. Um, it was free. Mm-hmm. You just had to apply. Um, I think we had to pay maybe like $300 a year just for like supplies. But the amount of like clay that I used to and firing, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it actually covered the cost. Was it public? And just it was funded? public, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Good public schools and healthcare. Yeah. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> If only it were a yeah. little warmer in the winter. It's not that bad. It's not bad? In Toronto, at least. And it's bad here in the winter. I can imagine up there it's really It's bad. warm here in the winter. Really? Yeah. Compared to Toronto. Yeah, like, yeah. I can imagine. But it's very warm. Like, it feels very warm. Like, Toronto is not that cold. But right. it's warm here. Compared to? Toronto. No, I'm saying Toronto's not that cold. Compared yeah, compared to, to, like, everywhere else. Greenland. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Now you're going, yeah. <laughs> going but compared to like out. Montreal, Ottawa, yeah, 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 because it's on the southern. Yeah, you get lake effect weather. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, but not like Chicago style. Man, Chicago's well. Really so cold. Toronto is also it's the so when the first the first time I I went to Chicago I felt it it felt like Toronto because mm-hmm. it's built right on the. Yeah lake as well and the um, skyline's very it's similar in terms yeah, of the way that. it's laid out yeah yeah um, it's even a lakeshore drive on both it's lakeshore yeah in toronto yeah because when when i drove into toronto it had like I, I remember mentioning oh this kind of feels chicago-y yeah like in its layout yeah um so college yes and so i was in ottawa i really wanted to get out of um, this little city town. Yeah. Um, and the next closest thing was um, Toronto or Montreal. Uh, I didn't want to go to Montreal because I was like, my French is awful. I don't think I can survive there. Did you have like some French? Some French, but, but the, actually if you live downtown, you can speak English. Yeah. It's fine, yeah. Um, but yeah, my French wasn't great. And Did so you take I, it in school? Yeah, we took it in school. I took it until grade 10. Yeah, I took seven years of French. Never yeah. got to use it. Yeah. And it's kind of like now I, I can, when I hear it, I can yeah. understand some stuff, yeah. but I feel like it was a loss. Yeah. Like I should have taken Spanish or Chinese or Japanese or something useful yeah. to me. Those, yeah, those are useful languages. But when you're young, you know, yeah. our French teacher was charismatic. So. Well, French is good for Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Been great. Yeah. So you thought Toronto. And where when you grew up, was your area, like was... Was it a big area? I mean, we lived in the suburbs, so yeah. I mean, we had a yard. It was it was a really nice childhood. Yeah, um, but your school wasn't too big. Well, I or, mean, I know you went to a specialized school, but so our, was my it huge? our school wasn't like because it's a magnet school. Um, I don't know if it's called the same thing here. It is. Yeah. Okay. I it, it's not in our pro- proximity. Yeah. So it pulls. From yeah. Areas. So we had to. My mom had to drive us all the way. Uh, from where we lived, probably, I think it was like a 25-minute drive. Mom points. Yeah, mom points. You send her a Mother's yeah. Day card, right? I, I love you, Mom. <laughs> um, 
to, it's like 20 minute to just drop us off. And then there would be a bus that would then take us to the school. Whoa. And so I think my commute every day was probably like an hour each way. That's a commitment. Yeah. For a good school. Yeah. 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 So, but you decided ultimately Toronto. I decided Toronto. And the school, um, what was the name of the school? Uh, Sheridan. Yeah. Um, it's a longer name. It's like technology and design. Um, it's an illustration animation school. And so I convinced my parents that I, since I had applied to um, Ottawa U uh, for the finance program, got in with full scholarship. Um, and so they were like, you should just go there. It's full scholarship. Um, but then I convinced them that I that Sheridan was the better route. Mm -hmm. Um, They had graphic design in the program. You had painting, drawing. Um, You had storyboarding. There was, like, bookmaking, uh, computer software classes where you could learn Photoshop, Illustrator, and all these programs uh, that that would be helpful to get a job. Yeah, creative things that could actually employ or give you an employable skill. Yeah, (laughs) and so they understood that. They were like, oh, okay, do, like, job after... Um, going through this program. Um, and so they, they're like, okay, fine, you can leave Ottawa. Um, and then I went to Sheridan. And that's where is it? That's in Oakville off of Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So, but you were close to the city. Yeah, very close. I actually didn't, while I was in school, I didn't actually go into the city that often just cause you're busy with class. Yeah. Um, I found Toronto was really the nice, one of the really nice parts about it was the diversity. Yeah. It was pretty diverse. Super multicultural. I think uh, New York and Toronto in the world, right? It's the most multicultural. Yeah. Yeah. It felt good. It was like you could, I mean, a good way to kind of like test those waters too is like food, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there were so many food options. It was daunting in a good way. Yeah. There's everything. Yeah. It's really good. But I think the food scene only really has blown up in the last maybe eight years. I think, isn't it part of it? It's like that in a lot of places because of like TV, like Food Network, right. just kind of like fooded up the whole yeah. thing. Because even when I was in school, I remember food wasn't great in yeah. Toronto. Yeah. I'm, when I was in school, I don't even well, think that. Yeah. They, yikes. It's probably just sandwiches. It just weren't a lot of options. And I'm vegetarian, so there were that scene has gotten right. huge. Yeah. And I was talking to some people in Toronto who owned like a cafe. We just, they were like, Oh, you're from New York. And then we started talking and they were saying that the plant-based food scene there is like blown up in the past couple of years. So they've got like, everyone does like the uh, impossible burgers and yeah. like, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. The beyond burger. It's pretty good though. Yeah. It's not, it's not quite meat. It's not quite vegetable. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but when you haven't eaten meat since 1992, yeah, okay. those things seem okay. really meaty okay. compared to the first versions of Garden right. Burgers, which yeah. were like... Garden Burgers are not good. It was like cardboard with ketchup and onion on it. Yeah, it's garbage. It's gotten a lot better. Yeah. And uh, we went to this really great boba tea place and the guy was like, oh, you're from New York. And he said, yeah, we just moved up here from Flushing like a couple months ago to open this place. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, I'm, he's like you're from Brooklyn. Yeah, I was from, lived in Queens for 10 years. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's a destination place. You should move there. I'm really hyping up Toronto. Do it. No, it's, it's I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I think Toronto definitely is, it's always home. 
I think I'll end up there. Mm-hmm. Either there or Vancouver. So you don't... Wait, how long have you been in New York? Three years now. So it hasn't... You don't feel that, like, I'm a New Yorker, I'm going to be here? Not... Well, so I initially was only planning to stay here for, like, three years, I think. Mm-hmm. I wanted... We wanted... Um, my husband and I, we wanted to go to Europe to, you know, live there for a bit and travel. But now that I've been here for three years, I... Um, think we're gonna stay for a while yeah well things are going well yeah and then I also just um received my own one artist visa oh nice yeah um and so that's for three years so I'm like well I just spent all this money to get this thing right I'm gonna definitely so we're definitely staying for another three years but I feel like that's what's gonna happen it's like three years goes by and then it's gonna be like another three years and I'm like I've been here for 15 years right yeah well I mean that's how it starts right I'm here for a little bit. A lot of people have an escape route and they're like, yeah. I'm going to get out. But then after a while, you just, a lot of times I think people just get kind of like acclimated. Yeah. And then the thought of slowing down after being here for some people is like heaven and other people it's like, I don't know what I would do. I'd be so bored. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I've acclimated now. I have, you know, I've made some friends and, you know, I've, Areas like neighborhoods where I like to go, I have restaurants that I like, and yeah. So, well, when you were, was school a good experience in Toronto? Oh, it was really great. I think at, after graduating, I, I I was like, that was a waste of time. I didn't need to do that. And then now, in hindsight, I'm like, no, I've I made really good um, friendships from that program. Yeah. And, and thinking back to. Um, even, you know, the show that's on right now, I have um, animations in it. Mm-hmm. And it was because while I was in the program, it's an illustration animation program, um, I became friends with a lot of the animators. Um, and I was obsessed with uh, animation. And yeah. I was almost about to switch, but just financially didn't make sense. So I didn't end up switching into animation. But you learned you learned some ropes? But I learned, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of things through my friends. Um, yeah, and I actually also applied to Pixar. Oh, really? Yeah, for their internship. Didn't get it. Um, thankfully, because now I'm painting. Right. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, I, a lot of people who, you know, go to school and want to, even people in the art department where I teach will want to migrate. I mean, you take a class in animation, it's so fun, you know? And there's that idea, too, that, like, oh, well, there's a lot of animations being made. Yeah. Maybe I could just go work for someone. Yeah. But I imagine that must be so hard to get one of those internships because oh, it's re- that's a highly long line. competitive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think in hindsight now, I don't think I would have actually liked animation. Um, You're not into sitting in front of the screen yeah, for 20 hours? Yeah, the computer hours a day? is just too much. And then I had visited this artist actually at DreamWorks, and he was showing me, like, this this armor that he was um, painting for this upcoming movie, and it was just a hundred, I'm not even kidding you, like a hundred different views of this armor that he was painting. I was like, wow, you're so talented, but... Monotonous. This is, yeah. Like, imagine if you put that time into your own painting. I don't know. Like a hundred different views of one painting. Yeah. That would be cool. I always say I feel like artists have this thing where you kind of you kind of want to move to the next thing, yeah, and not ruminate or remake paintings. You know, it the idea of like going back and doing something over again. It's like now I want to do the next thing now. Something like that might be really 
tedious yeah. and difficult. But it could be really cool as a painting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Are you getting ideas right now? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see the, like, the glimmer in, yeah, yeah. in the eye. Okay, you're <laughs> like different angles. Writing notes. Yeah. Mentally. I'm going to get... Well, okay, so well, I definitely want to talk about that stuff when we get to the show. But So you came out of school mm-hmm. with some experience in animation. Did you get ceramics experience? C- ceramics, no, not in um, the uh, illustration program. Ceramics so was all high school. Taking... It was all high school, and then I stopped doing ceramics, and I just started ceramics again. Wait, in college? Yeah, I didn't do any ceramics in oh, college. Okay. And then, but you've... You're doing some of that now? Yeah, I'm doing that some of it, yeah. But you were exposed to all that stuff over the course of high school and college. Yeah. Like a lot of different things. Yeah. So you didn't get the internship and you thought, um, I'm going to move to New York? <laughs> Not yet, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually worked like this. So right out of school, I worked this like tech job um, doing... Initially, I was doing graphic design, but I don't know. Maybe I wasn't good enough, and they decided to put me on um, QA testing, quality assurance testing, meaning I just would go through the system and point out where all the bugs is and like log, log it in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did that for in total. It was like a year of my life, and I was like, I can't, I can't. I can't do another minute of this. And then I quit and the boss was like, yeah, I don't know why you were here for so long. He's like, you're too talented for this. I'm like, what? Don't you love it? Well, I think he didn't want to fire me and and pay severance. But yeah. (laughs) But he wasn't dropping hints like, hey, there's big. Well, I think the hint was you're doing quality assurance testing. Yeah. And you're not doing any sort of design or, you know, art related thing. Maybe if we give you this gig, you'll move on, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, and it but you settled worked. in for a year? Yeah, I settled in for a couple more months, and I was like, the paycheck is good. Um, yeah, but couldn't do it anymore, yeah. So what was the aftermath of that, you thought? Um, so right after that, I thought maybe I could do um, freelance graphic design and so that I could somehow paint. So I've always known that I wanted to paint. So you wanted flexibility of time. wanted flexibility of time. I didn't want a full-time job. I also did not work, want to work any sort of part-time job because I used to work at a grocery store. I did not want to like do any sort of labor job <laughs> due to laziness. Um, Mom, Dad, look, I don't want a full-time job. I don't, I Mom, want Dad, part- I don't want a full-time job. I don't want a job. I just job. don't really want a part-time job. <laughs> I don't want a job. <laughs> I want to paint. I just want to paint. I just want to paint. So I was like, okay, how do I scheme? Like, I, I just want to paint. How do I get to that? Like, Did you how get do the I freelance get to... gigs? So I got the freelance gigs. Was it like InDesign and stuff? And... InDesign, um, a lot of Illustrator, yeah. a lot of vectoring, um, some Photoshop work, doing email templates. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super easy. And the pay, the pay is great. Yeah. Um, so I, I, afford, I was able to afford um, my first little studio. And that's when I met my first group of friends who were in the art world. Um, and from there, I was like, oh, okay, this is like an actual possibility for me to actually do painting. Yeah. Um, people do this. Yeah, and people actually do this. And then through that um, sort of group of friends, I uh, met more people and um, yeah, was in Toronto for 
painting for probably, I think, five years. Um, felt that I was, my work was definitely stagnating. Um, just because what it was were comfortable. You doing then? What were the paintings like? Uh, very figurative. Um, a lot of portraits. Uh, pretty loose? Tight. Yeah. Very tight. It's actually much looser now, but it's still pretty tight. Yeah. Um, and then. I don't know why that's the assumption is like, oh, when you start off, you're a little looser and then you tighten it up. But sometimes it's the. It's the opposite. The I think flip. for me, it's because I'm, I wasn't trained in like the sort of like institution of fine arts. Yeah. Um, Glazing and oil painting. Yeah. Still lives, all that stuff. I think it was sort of a free for all for me from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, you I tried mean, to rein it in. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, tight really tight artwork means fine art, right? <laughs> I think that's an addictionary. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then over time I've like definitely loosened up and that community that you kind of tapped into there, did you was that influencing too on like oh, seeing for sure. those, those people's yeah, work? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And were a lot of those people showing in Toronto? Uh yeah. A they were all healthy scene there. They were all showing, but I think everybody was sort of uh, roughly around the same, um, you know, same age. We were all trying to get shows. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were all working together towards, you know, um, going to shows, seeing shows and trying to get shows um, and doing, you know, having shop talk in the studio. Right. Yeah. So did it turn into, I feel like I need a bigger pond? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, That's not a pun because there's a lot of I know pools lot. and water yeah. in the work. Um, <laughs> and I think I just wanted to expand outside of Toronto. I think at that t- at that point I had been there for you know eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband wanted to look for a job in San Francisco. Is this a? Is he? In He's in tech. tech. Yeah. Yeah, well, we sort of met because I was in tech for like a minute. You were, yeah. Yeah, and then I went to like this meetup, met him. And then so we were in, he was in San Francisco looking for a job. And I, he came back, he was like, well, these are sort of the prospects. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to go to San Francisco. There's not really an art scene there. I don't know, maybe there is. I just, in my mind, or from what I know, didn't seem like there was an like an art community um, in San Francisco. And so... I was like, could you look in New York? It would be, I was like, maybe L.A. or New York. And then he had a buddy that was living here and came to New York. And I think within a week, he had a job yeah. offer. That's good. Yeah. And then he was like, babe, we're moving to New York. Going to New York. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So, well, that's, I don't know if I want to use the word comforting, but that's good in a way that there was some security as far as like his gig, right? For sure. That made it a little For sure. less of a... I also wouldn't be able to move here unless... Because uh, visa-wise. Oh, right. Yeah. Wait, is he... You can't a- just move to America. Is he American? No, he's Canadian. So it was just a job? Like, it was through the job, job that right. he was able to get a temporary visa. And then I, as a spouse, you can... Right. Yeah. Hang out. Did you... Is, is it harder now with the whole current... Well, I, yeah, I just got my visa. artist visa and I was very nervous because even my lawyers were saying, like, you don't know... In terms of, they they were like, we've had cases where it was a really strong candidate, and they didn't give it to them. So it just depends on the officer, it depends on who they support, it depends on their mood. Right. If they're having a bad day, I don't know. 
With so many people wanting to go to Canada <laughs> in the last few years. Yeah. The irony yeah. of it being difficult to yeah. come the other way. I actually came here in 2016, so I had moved in September, and then Trump, Trump was elected in October, November. But that visa process is happening under the current Yes, climate. administration, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got it, though. Well, so, that's great. Thankfully. Yes. Yeah. So three years. So three years. It's yeah. such a time. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a cap. There's a cap to it. It's like, what do I want to do after the three years? I could renew it. Well, not. it's funny to say not to get personal because this is all personal, but it's, it's his job. Like, is that something that he wants to stay in? Yeah, I think so. You know so. what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, so there's that side of it too. Yeah. Right. Um, I think we're considering a green card right now as yeah. well. Um, so it How does feel more and more permanent. Um, green card, I think, is it depends, I think, on your lawyers, but probably like three years, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you have to prove why you should stay here and why, how you'll help America economically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have a good case. Yeah. <laughs> so fingers crossed we get that. Right. Yeah. So, but, um, the move down, so the move down was slightly facilitated by that. Mm-hmm. And then did you, did it take you a while to get the studio to get hooked up in the community and meet people? Or did you already know people coming down? We just, I'm doing live work situation. I yeah. think it's just the most, um, affordable for the city for now mm-hmm. until, I don't know, my practice grows a little bit, but, um, but you're doing some, unless you're doing some of the work off site. No, I mean, but they're not that big. They're like, Maybe the size of this painting here. No, like yeah, six, no. I'm talking more so about the diversity of what you're doing. You know what I mean with like ceramic and. Oh yeah, yeah. The like, the ceramics is I have a awesome. pottery, yeah, okay. studio. That works well. Yeah, I can't. You can't do that no. at home. Well, yeah, you need. Yeah, at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need a kiln, the right. dust. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big operation. Yeah. So, but you got yourself up and running pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think. Because in Toronto, I had already had this, um, you know, routine mm-hmm. um, to my studio practice. I just implemented that the moment I got here. Yeah. So I set up the, you know, um, the nails in the walls, put, put on, just anything to get started, really. Um, I was like, this wall looks good. We're going to just get going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, so let's talk about the content of your work. So at the point when it's figurative and a little tighter yeah. back you know, before you came here, was it still kind of identity based or was it? It's always been identity based. Even when I was in um, illustration, it was always just me trying to grasp at this sort of diaspora that I've always felt. Yeah. Um, And this duality, Um, even from, you know, from going into college at like 19, I was painting these images of, of things from China, but I didn't really understand why I was doing it at the time. Yeah. And then, um, even with these figures, it was always, you know, Asian women in these like sad pond pools. Um, and looking back now, it's like I think I think I was trying to grasp at this like loneliness or this sort of um, identity isolation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a good word. 
At least that's what I was channeling yeah. in looking at the work. Yeah. Um, and then moving here, um, it hasn't moved completely away from that, but I know the, the pools initially were definitely a, a form of like escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a way of building these worlds where I can talk about these topics without being overtly like, this is the situation. Yeah. Um, and then the bathhouses was, I had actually um, visited my first like Korean bathhouse in Jersey. Oh, the one in Edgewater? Mm-hmm. That thing is huge. It's massive. But I just, I loved the way that it wasn't, it's not quite a spa. It's not a spa. It's more communal. It's community. It's families getting together um, and eating food and bathing each other. Yeah. You, know, you would you would go into the bathing section. You would see like a mother bathing a child, and it wasn't necessarily just, you know, you're, they're not there just for like a massage. It's right. to connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those it's a whole different kind of vibe. Yeah, right. I mean, I haven't been to that, and I've only, as far as baths are concerned, I only really know the Japanese like sendo. And, yeah, you know, like it's very similar. Yeah, yeah except the like Japanese communal. spas are like super fancy. Some, but there's yeah. like the supasendo ones that are a little more like low end, like more community, like kind of less yeah. fancy. I mean, there's like onsen, which are right. You know, Those gorgeous. are the ones I went to when I went to Japan. Oh, they're yeah, amazing. So, yeah, super fancy. But then they have these supasendo things that are like where just ba- they're like baths, like baths for houses. the community. Yeah, yeah, and they're not necessarily mm-hmm. you know, fancy. But um, is that place called Suja? I think or Suja? the one in, uh, in Jersey. Jersey? It looks like a theme park from the outside. There's like stuff on the ceiling that's like looks like it's water slides. The one that I went to, um, I think it's called King Spa. Oh, it's different then. It's a different one. I also went to the one in Queens. That one's like a theme park. I wouldn't go there again. I read a story about that one. It sounds a little... It's like Party City. I don't know. It wasn't very relaxing. People are getting drunk. It's like at the a top club of the on pool, a boat it's like a club. I was like, "What is happening right now? <laughs> I just want my zen. Right. Give me my zen." Yeah, I don't think that's what they're advertising. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's a different vibe. Yeah, yeah. The zen, like the onsen, is perfect. For yeah, them. and you can even get. I don't. Have you been to Japan? Yeah. yeah. Have you gotten the ones where you there's like ryokan where you can stay and your room will have a little one in your room? Yeah, I cheaped oh. out and I was like, I don't need to do that. And then I've seen pictures now, and it looks really amazing. And they serve you you food. Yeah. Yeah, it's like omakase style, right? It's it's legit. Yeah. That is, like, relaxing. I'm doing that next time. You should, for sure. And the further, I feel like the further out, because I've gone to some that are way out in in the sticks, you know, that... It just gets better and better. Like the, it's almost like the more isolated you are, the better it is. Yeah, because you just feel like you know. I went peace. to one in um, Sapporo, mm-hmm. and that was like super Hokkaido. Yeah, Hokkaido, yeah. but we went like north of Hokkaido. I've never been up there. Oh, it's beautiful. It feels like Canada, actually. I was gonna say, do you have it to go up to the like, north? <laughs> it feels like Canada. Are you obligated as a Canadian no, to go to the north I cold just, part? <laughs> did I, you go to Okinawa? We did not go to Okinawa. That's our next trip, I think. I've never been. I'm I, I don't want to go there. No? No. I heard it's like the Disneyland of Japan. No, with this American face, like, I don't want to oh, go to Okinawa. Okay, too much sun? No, it's, it's to the U.S. military and stuff. Oh, okay, like, I don't okay, want I that like, vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like to go to places that aren't, you know. Invaded. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Occupied by people who people don't want there. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyways, so the... 
the relationship of that to your work has kind of like become a little more, I want to say loose conceptually or, you know, as far as like the less visualization, specific. less specific. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. almost said hazy, but it's not hazy. It's, no. it's just a little less pointed. Yeah. I think now I'm working with a lot more ideas. I'm reading, I'm reading a lot more. And so like for me, these images are, um, sort of an amalgamation of like many thoughts. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was like, this is, you know, a singular idea and just putting it into this painting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, for me, feels better because we're not, we're not binary beings and I think we can have multiple thoughts and multiple entities and to be able to paint that into a, a, an image is sort of what I'm trying to grasp at. Yeah, because if you wanted to write about it, you could, or spell it out, you would just write an essay. Yeah, exactly. But you're interested in that. Yeah. The visual side of it, right? Yeah. Have you garnered or come under great realizations about the visual side of things in relation to working with that kind of iconography related to you and your cultural experience and your identity? Or is it just, you're just kind of navigating the waters of that? I think I'm just navigating the waters and slowly um, piecing together um, bits of identity for sure. Yeah. um, Through painting. Um, Yeah. I just recently was reading um, this uh, article. I'm going to get the book, but it's called ornamentalism Mm -hmm. by Anne. Uh, Chang, and it talks about how um, Asian women are perceived as objects, um, like these porcelain objects, um, and how our bodies are like contained within these objects. The way that we're being viewed, um, like culturally, um, through media, through um, you know images, through paintings, um, and even through like objects. And like she goes on to talk about the uh, the Met. Um, China through the looking glass and how it was very misrepresented and they didn't show any sort of like Asian American um, artists in the show except for these like weird glassy bamboos which bamboos don't look like that yeah um, and it was very like uh, tropey the way that they had done it um, and so I had only come to that reading because I had been doing I was painting these objects and bodies as objects um, and so, like, I'm slowly unraveling, you know, my own identity through painting um, these things that are like these artifacts that I'm 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 looking at. Yeah, it's a complicated triangle of of like visual, conceptual. I don't know, like the you know the sort of um, role of like Asian American versus you know. Chinese artist versus like Japanese artist, and then the the sort of visual relationship to you know a woman in those cultures, and then the visual relationship to being in another culture, but being identified as that person. Exactly the in between of that, but then there's so many in betweens of like the visual side of that as well. Yeah, I would think that that becomes really confusing and blurry, and it's extremely confusing, and so. For me now, I'm just painting these paintings. You know, it's like an amalgamation of all these things, and you try to care less about putting yourself in specific um, categories, which mm-hmm. I definitely was doing before. I was like, I'm an Asian Canadian, so I'm painting these this Asian Canadian woman right. in these scenes, right? And now I'm sort of able to branch out from that um, a lot more, and just allowing myself to. Um, 
be drawn to specific uh, images or objects and then placing them in the work. And whether if I know what I'm doing in the moment or not, I can sort of figure it out eventually. Yeah. That's like fertile territory to investigate, I think. Yeah. And especially, I mean, they're there's such specific roles and like, kind of like it's just speaking about gender, like historically in certain cultures, there's like such a specific way that like women and men are viewed mm-hmm. and that gets blown out of the water in different, in other areas. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it seems like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I guess the initial, um, when I initially started painting, it came from this place of feeling like I didn't really belong. Like I was like, didn't really belong to Canada. Didn't really belong to um, Hong Kong, which is where my parents are from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really remember going back uh, for the first time when I was fifteen, and my sister and I were sitting in this cab, and we hadn't spoken a word yet. My mom gets into the cab driver. She's speaking to him in Cantonese. And he turns to her and he's like, your children aren't from here, aren't they? And my mom was like, what? Like, how did you know? They didn't, they didn't even, it's not like that I had an accent or yeah. whatever. It's literally, he was saying that, oh, it's because for Hong Kong kids, they're very quiet. So they're definitely not from here. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, are your children Canadian or American? Yeah, they can. They can, can tell, tell, like, but physically I look like them, mm-hmm. but it's this alienation that I've like felt on both sides. Right. Um, and so I try, I think like the painting always goes back to that. I don't know if the in between, like, yeah, the in between. Yeah. yeah. Identity, which, you know, and I in speak in my family, you know, my, my better half has a very specific cultural connection to where she's from, but still grew up here yeah. for most of her life. So it's that weird kind of not feeling at home in one place right, like or the not other. Japanese yeah. enough and not American enough. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, or just not looking quote unquote American, you know what I yeah. mean? Or like you're obviously, you know, ethnically yeah. from somewhere else, but you're just totally American or yeah. Canadian or whatever. But, you know. I even, I had a friend who was doing an interview and she had to, she's like, do you like being called Chinese Canadian or just Canadian or Hong Kong? Like she's like gave me a list. Yeah. But I was like, how would you like to be yeah, referred to? to? But I was like, just Canadian is fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, like a yeah. white a white person from Canada wouldn't have to identify that. They would just be like, I'm Canadian. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't be like, I'm from Ireland. Yeah. Well, Irish and they could Canadian. be. Let's say they're Dutch. Yeah. And they came to Canada when they're twelve. Unless, or if they, just, they if they beat the accent, let's put yeah. it that way, and yeah. no one would ask. No, nobody would not. They'd be like, "Oh, you're like fifth generation Canadian." Right. Yeah, but I could easily be fifth generation. Maybe not fifth, like third generation Canadian. Yeah, yeah. That flips. Too. I think it's just people can't get past the way people look. Yeah. It's an identifiable thing. Like, yeah. There's that. You know the I forget I forget his name. He was just drafted in the NBA, but he's Japanese. But his father's. I believe his father's African and his mother's Japanese and he speaks perfect Japanese and he grew up there, you know, but people there will just refer to, you know, like they even say half, no, like you're halfy, you know what I mean? To sort of delineate that. 
But it's like well, in that. Japan, they really like if you're half, right? They, there's like a term. Yeah, half, half no, half, yeah. half no, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's you know people all over. That's, yeah, why can't we just be beings? I don't know, but then I I say this, and this is probably unfair, or like ignorant or whatever. But as like an American who like genetically, I'm a mix of so many different things. Like it's like Belgian, British, German. Uh, some Native American, like all sorts of stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? I have no cultural relationship to anything other than just being American, you know? Right. So there's something beautiful about being able to connect with some sort of strong cultural connection. You know what I mean? And I don't, I feel like I don't have that at all. Right. It's just like hot dogs and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball and hot Hammers. dogs. You know what I'm saying though? But. I see it, and in the other side of my family, there's this beautiful connection to culture and right. to, like, the aesthetic of things and, like, sort of ritual. Like, food growing up, like, food was never a thing for me. Like, we ate whenever we ate. The family didn't gather around. That's, like, not normal. Like, most families that have some sort of, like, cultural connection or some, you know... Yeah, food dinner is time thing. is definitely... Yeah, it's, like, it's a thing. It's fun, and it's, yeah. like, where you... T- you know, I never had that. I'm not complaining. I'm not saying yeah. I had it bad. I'm just saying there is something that, you know, I think culturally that could be definable that's a very positive and wonderful thing, but yeah. it often does cause a lot of, you know, it's yeah. the up and down. And it's, I think I'm trying to grasp at that. Yeah. There's this, this side of it that is, you know, extremely amazing and beautiful. And that I think that's why I place the food in it. And food's really important to me. Um, and then this other side, this duality that I'm, trying to paint yeah yeah and i'm sure there's people who grow up in certain cultures where ethnically they're from that place and they feel almost not trapped but kind of like oh it must be so nice to go off to america or canada and like have this diversity and be able to you know what i mean yeah i think it's grass is always yeah. greener sort of yeah. thing yeah yeah i've uh, also like i recently met this friend who's um from china and she was like she's like oh this you know you really feeling um, in the, this in between, like you really feel this, and because she, she's only been here for a little bit, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I don't feel that." She's like, "America's great." I was like, "Well, yeah, America <laughs> is great," but and she's like, "And China's awful." Right. Yeah. Well, here's the, the great. And so that's the other thing. Like she was like China being her feeling silenced as an artist, not being able to paint certain things, just even using color. Yeah. They they don't use color there, or they do, but not as much as how we use color here. Yeah. Like they use Google, but not as much as we use. Yeah, Google. well, they don't. I don't think they have Google. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, like, but that's the tourist thing. People go to a town as a tourist, and they're there just for a couple of weeks, and like this place is perfect. But then when you live there, you you see the yeah, you know, the the veil is unreal. You know, you, there's just stuff that when you come to New York for a week and you do all the fun stuff, and you're like, oh, New York's perfect, and then you live here, and there's a lot yeah, of crap like, that oh, you God. don't. You know, you just ha- you kind of have. Everyone to- is so angry. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Everyone's in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just you know the nuance of travel, moving around, and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. But that complexity of life is uh, often what fuels. I mean, that's creativity. why we paint, yeah. right? And that's why we make things. Exactly. I mean, I love traveling to find other ways to see things. You know what I mean? It's almost like I want to get lost yeah. in other cultures and other places and seeing things differently, like out of the, you know, the normal way that you see things day to day. 
I think is yeah. so interesting. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of what fuels us in a way. Well, for good that's or for why bad. traveling is so important to like see the way other people operate. Definitely. It's to see how they were making work and how they were painting or drawing or making sculptures. Yeah. And you learn so much as a human traveling. I yeah. think. Everyone should, I don't want to say that people should travel when they're young. Yeah. If they can. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, it should be like, sponsored or something so, oh, okay you know as like a way of learning and like empathy for other places and understanding yeah. of other cultures and just to sort of diversify the way you think about yeah for i sure. think it's problematic when people just grow up in one place and only know one kind of people in one sort of that's when it gets yeah you know dicey you have tunnel vision you can't really see anything outside of that exactly yeah i was just reading something they were talking about people who have very little social interactions who don't talk to people a lot maybe just play games or hang out in their apartment and like never really do stuff that becomes very detrimental to their psyche and their right. their sort of mental state well, like that, it's bad that, to be isolated well that's where you get the um what do they call them incels i don't know what's that's that? like a term for people who shut-ins shut in yeah. yeah yeah that's and then become terrorists yeah I mean, it's just lose <laughs> yeah. it. When yeah. just by, we're social beings yeah, yeah. by nature. So, well, let's talk about the show that's up, you know. Yeah, it's at Ross and Kramer. Um, it's up until the 25th or 26th, I think. Um, well, I'm going to get this out, like, right away so people have a chance to go check it out. Um, but it has just so much... Yeah, there's a work lot. Work in different ways yeah. that you're working in it. Um, and so it's curated by um, this curator, um, Che Morels. Uh, we met probably, I think like, I had just moved here, and I think I met him pretty quickly right afterwards, so it's mm-hmm. been three years. Um, and we've always talked about working together, and I had this idea for uh, this sort of interior uh, bathhouse um, slash like space in the mind. Um, and he was all for it. He was like, let's, let's build it. I was like, really? We're going to build this thing that I've been thinking about for years. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to come to fruition. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then, so we partnered up with the gallery and we made the install and then decided to, um, also paint all the walls because I recently did this fellowship residency called Paint School mm-hmm. um, and we talked about color the whole time and then we had this one session that we talked about white walls and why are walls why are the gallery walls always white um, and neutrality and or if walls are if things are ever actually neutral because everybody's putting artwork on walls because it's neutral anyways um, decided to paint all the walls um, and have this leading uh, pathway to the back to the install. Now, I noticed, you know, that you have a... Like, how does that work as far as, like, quote-unquote, curating your show? So he's, like, a curator slash producer. Okay. Yeah, so he helped produce um, the installation. um, So it's not so much you had a bunch of work, and he's like, you should show this, this, and this, and do it this way. It's more about... It was a little bit of both. Yeah, I was working together to create this um, er, like environment um, and sort of this immersive like back space. Um, and then we worked together to. He he helped. He came over and he helped select the paintings and um, 
pushed me to make more paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm done. And he was like, uh, can you make two more? <laughs> I was like, what? You're not done. <laughs> two more. Yeah. The so it was definitely so cool very clever. Too. Thank you. That, that's such a... Can you talk about like that idea and how you well, thought to incorporate it? Initially, actually, so the initial idea, I wanted it to be... Um, pool with plexiglass Mm -hmm. um, and the plexi would run from the wall the floor to the wall and Mm -hmm. have the water somehow trickle down and so so that it would it would be real water the water feature yeah and so (laughs) but just it we couldn't build it for it was it cost too much and um i had this idea for um like it would be an animation on the water Mm -hmm. um and then we had to scale it down a little bit and so um it's it's now projection, and we worked with um, uh, this amazing uh, mapping artist uh, slash. She also does animation. Kelly, she I think is her last name. Um, she helped animate it and create and create the uh, animation. And everybody was just doing this out of like, I'm like I have this insane idea. Can you help me? Yeah. And people were like, Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. When so. I when I first started doing animation, I would collaborate with a friend. For fun, you yeah. know what I mean? I think I gave him a painting or something. Yeah. But um, it's such a great way to collaborate yeah. and extend like what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea how to do it. I just know that it's it's in my head right. and I want it to be real yeah. somehow. Yeah. So you directed that in a way. Yeah. 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 So you gotten good response? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so far so good. Um it's still up for three months or three weeks, so we'll see. That's I'm hoping great. it gets extended to the end of summer because he hasn't really talked about having another show after mine. Oh, nice. But so he should do that. Yes. Todd, extend the show. <laughs> <laughs> It'll give people who are listening more time to go check it out. Mm-hmm. And do you have any... Oh, one other thing. When you're work, making the work for the show in the studio, are you listening to... Are you a music person? Are you a podcast person? Are you... I sort of flip... Silence? No, not silence. I flip... I think because my studio days are so long, mm-hmm. um, I have to flip. So I might start off with some music, but then flip to podcasts. And then I usually end the day with actually like a TV show that I have playing. Um, What's your music go-to in the studio? Like, what are you into? Oh, I listen to like an array of stuff. Like one minute it'll be like Chopin, the mm-hmm. next will be like Britney Spears. That sounds apropos <laughs> yeah. to your yeah. early days. And then a little days. bit of like EDM in there, some rap, some hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just sort of like my paintings. It's like a jumble of stuff. A collage. Yeah. Of influence. Yeah. That's cool. And then. Um, yeah, do you, what do you have coming up? What are you working on now? Do you have that post-show, take a break? I want to have the post-show, take a break, but I have um, I have a four-person show at Nicodem coming up. In L.A.? In L.A. Nice. So I'm working towards those. Um, and then I have a solo show um, in London with Tamar Gran- Grain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When's that? That's November. What are you doing here? I know. What am I doing here? <laughs> I kept you so long. That's yeah. cool, though. So are you thinking multimedia in that, too? Or is it going to be just painting? Or Probably do you know? just painting. Um, yeah, I think I'm uh, for this 
time around, I'm sticking to just uh, images. No fully functional. No, yeah, in the yeah. I need a little bit more time to, <laughs> yeah, do a you know, a full workable bathhouse in the middle of the gallery. You know, when I, in thinking of your work, public, there's so many many public. I art would totally love to do public. Are you applying to that stuff? You should be doing. No, that. I don't even know how to apply to it. Let's talk afterwards about okay. that stuff. All right. I mean, I mean, wouldn't it? There it would so be amazing. Great yeah. possibilities. And that's the beauty of like, I mean, it's there. Yeah, it it just seems like your work is you're working in in these different languages that could be applied in different ways, which yeah. is a really exciting part about it. But they all kind of they seem cohesive and they feed each other in a way. You yeah, know? which is great. Yeah, let me know the details. <laughs> I'll let you know the details. Yeah. So people can see your work, that group show yeah. in LA. In LA. And then um, London. In London. And then. Even in a bunch of group shows here, too, because yeah. you were in the show at the whole, right? Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. Um, and um, I actually have a group that was show. The first time I think I came across your work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm when in a group show that? this Wednesday, actually, uh, with Deanna Evans mm-hmm. um, at Chas. I don't. Chasma? Chasma. Chasma. I like how you Chasma. Well, actually, I just recently learned how to say Greenwich. Oh, yeah. I've been calling it Greenwich for three years. Oh, that's and a bad nobody, look for a New Yorker. And no one has corrected me for three years until I was with um, Angela. Angela. That's Hayes. so sweet yeah. of people. And she was like, it's Greenwich. <laughs> Oh, really? Because I was just I was on just, Houston. I was just on Greenwich. I was just on Houston Street, and I walked on the Greenwich. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I just found out after returning from Toronto that you're supposed to say Toronto. Toronto. But I, I also say team. Toronto. Toronto, yeah. Toronto. Toronto. If you're a local, you say Toronto. Right. Yeah. I mean, these things take time to like find out about, exactly. I guess. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, and then social media. Is your name? Oh, just my name, my first name and last name. <laughs> you paused for a second, like I was asking for your thoughts on the <laughs> the current state of social media. <laughs> uh, do I like it? Do I not like it? I mean, we all have that complicated yeah. relationship, don't we? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. But yes, you're on social media. Yes, it's just my first name, Dominique, and last name, Fung. Are you into your like? Because you do have a website, but I don't. Think I don't it's really good. update it that much. Right. Um, yeah, most of everything's on Instagram. It's just easier to. It's the way to go. It's more instantaneous. Yeah. I recently like upgraded or you know updated my website because it was so like it had been the same thing for so long that. I, once in a blue moon, someone would go to my website and be like, oh, you've last showed in 1972. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I got to update I'll that. I really update that. But it's really a select few who actually go to websites these days, yeah. I think. Social so media. You literally have not updated for your entire life. There's always tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Well, it was so nice to meet you. Yeah. Thanks for coming over. Nice. Thank and you. Uh, good luck with the rest of the show. I will. This will be coming out very soon, so everyone can go check it out. Thank you. Thanks. Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. You can find more about the podcast at soundandvisionpodcast.com, where you can find images and you can donate to the podcast on the website 
You can also see more images at Sound and Vision Podcast on Instagram. You can find out more about my work at paintchanger.com and at Alfred Studio on Instagram. Many thanks to Sean and Lullatone for the intro-outro music. For the introduction, Michael Lovett. Check out his band, Nazca Lines. And he's currently playing gigs and recording with Metronomy. And many thanks to Golden Artist Colors, a longtime supporter of this podcast. Make sure you go out to your art store and get some golden paints, get some golden mediums to make your art. Thanks a lot for listening. Please rate and review the podcast in iTunes. It really helps out. And share a link with a friend. Pass it along. That's how the word gets out. Thanks for your support.